0: Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be convenient, comfortable. Ah.
1: Welcome to the Taishin Seneca Business Brief brought to you by SUP China. Each week, We bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca podcast. It's been a week of big predictions for China's economy. Solar power is predicted to overtake wind energy to become China's third largest energy source. The China Association of Automobile Manufacturers says new energy vehicles will grow 40% in 2021, and China's Politburo says it will strengthen anti-monopoly efforts next year. We might not be able to predict the future on this podcast, but we can tell you about the very recent past, so here's what's been happening in China this week. Trading of live pig futures will start next year from January 8th, according to a statement by the China Securities Regulatory Commission. The futures will be listed for trading on the Dalian Commodity Exchange. It will be the first time an item listed on China's futures market will involve the delivery of living animals, and it is hoped it will help market players offset price fluctuations. As the world's largest pork producer and consumer— China has seen pig prices fluctuate a lot over the last couple of decades, including skyrocketing prices last year due to a deadly nationwide African swine fever outbreak. S&P has joined other major index providers around the world in dropping Chinese stocks with alleged military ties. The news comes in the wake of the U.S. order barring American investors from trading stocks of firms with alleged links. The FTSE Russell was the first major index compiler to respond to the ban, announcing on December 4th that it will remove eight Chinese companies' stocks from several of its global indexes, effective on December 21st. The move by the S&P means that 10 Chinese companies stocks will be removed from more than 50 of its equity indexes beginning on December 21st and securities issued by 18 Chinese companies will be taken out of its fixed income indexes from January 1st. Solar power is set to overtake wind to become China's third largest electricity source. By year end, the National Energy Administration announced last week as the sector has become a more commercially viable option to traditional carbon-based fuels. Of China's total power generating capacity, coal-fired power still accounts for the largest single part by supplying half the nation's 2,100 gigawatts of capacity at the end of October. Hydropower was second with about 18%, while wind and solar each supplied about 11%. Sales of new energy vehicles in China could increase by 40%, according to the China Association of Automobile Manufacturers, and reported by Nikkei Asia. The forecast comes as Tesla ramps up local output. The category of new energy vehicles includes electric, plug-in hybrid, and fuel cell vehicles. The rise in 2021 would bring the total sale of vehicles in this category to 1.8 million units. New vehicle sales of all types is predicted to rise 4% next year to 26.3 million in 2021, marking the first growth in four years, which most analysts attribute to government efforts to bolster the domestic economy. China's Politburo, the Communist Party's top decision-making body, vowed to strengthen anti-monopoly efforts next year as it seeks to rein in what it called disorderly capital expansion, Bloomberg reported. The announcement appears to be part of a larger policy direction as last month Beijing unveiled draft regulations aimed at rooting out anti-competitive practices in the Internet industry seeking to curtail the growing influence of corporations such as e-commerce giant Alibaba Group Holding Limited and WeChat operator Tencent Holdings Limited. In an unprecedented case, China has for the first time jailed a scientist elected to one of its two elite national academies as the government cracks down on corruption in the highest levels of academia. Li Ning, a top biotechnology expert and former member of the Chinese Academy of Engineering, was sentenced to 10 years in prison for his role in embezzling more than $4.6 million in research funding during his tenure, according to a court statement. The judgment marks the first time the People's Republic has imprisoned an academician in one of the two leading academies since its founding in 1949. And finally, Chinese authorities are investigating Xin Yujie, one of video-sharing app Kuaishou's most popular live streamers, after he was accused of marketing fake bird's nest, a luxury health product in China made of just sugar and water. The alleged fraud was exposed by consumer activist Wang Hai, who tested the bird's nest Proving they had less than 0.00014% sialic acid, while genuine birds' nests are typically about 10% sialic acid. Livestreamer Shin said all the birds' nest items would be recalled and consumers would be compensated to the value of three times the amount they paid. The story seems to have highlighted the fact that regulators around the nation are ill-equipped to handle the overwhelming growth of consumer complaints against live-streaming e-commerce companies. Over 330,000 consumer complaints were made online nationally in a 20-day period up to November 15th. Let's turn now to Taishin global reporter Tang Yi, who we welcome to talk about a Taishin exclusive she worked on, a story about the abrupt suspension of Ant Financials or Ant Group's November IPO and how that could actually make things a lot more complicated for other companies looking to go public on China's stock markets. Zi, welcome back.
0: Hi, Kaiser. Glad to be here.
1: So, Z, I, I guess we should start with the elephant in the room. Uh, the last time you were on the show, Ant Group was getting ready to launch what was looking like the biggest IPO of all time, but obviously that didn't happen. So, what went wrong?
0: Yeah, so uh, as you said, Ant Group's uh, Blockbuster IPO was suspended just two days before its planned debut on November 5th. So the last minute suspension really shocked everyone. And if we look back at what happened to the IPO, I think all of the things started to change when Jack Ma, the billionaire founder of Ant, made a speech in late October. In that speech, Ma criticized Chinese regulators for stifling innovation and saying that there was too much red taps involved in the financial regulation. He also described that the basel Accords banking regulations as a club for the elderly because they focus on solving problems in a sophisticated financial system which have been around for decades whereas uh, China's financial industry is still young and lacks a mature ecosystem. So, uh, and uh, in case you are wondering, uh, no, it's not clear why Ma made that speech, but uh, it seems that the speech really did not uh, go down well with Chinese regulators. As uh, the end founder, we soon found out, on uh, November second, regulators issued draft rules that imposed um, more restrictions on online micro lending activities. The draft stipulates even stricter standards for a range of operational and financial metrics, uh, including leverage levels and joint lending, and some of which and had failed to comply it. Uh, as I'm sure you may already know, online lending has become a major driver of Ant's income.
1: Yeah, huge, huge driver of the revenues.
0: So uh, if the draft is indeed enacted, it will very likely hamper Ant's expansion. mm mm-hmm. Um And also on the same day of the release of the draft rules, China's top re- top regulators held a meeting with top executives of Ant, uh, including Jack Ma. We don't know uh, who said what in the meeting. Uh, Ant Group did release a statement after the meeting which said it is committed to abiding by the points which were raised in the meeting and continuing its course according to the principles of a stable innovation, uh, embrace of regulation, service to the real economy, and win-win cooperation. And then the very next day, November 3rd, the Shanghai leg of Ant Group's dual listing was suddenly suspended. The Shanghai Stock Exchange said, changes in the financial technology regulatory environment mean that Ant would very likely not meet the conditions for listing or meeting the information disclosure requirements. And uh, of course, soon after that, Ant went on to also suspend its share listing in Hong Kong.
1: Mm-hmm. So Z, what do you think the wider impact of the IPS suspension is going to be?
0: Yeah, uh, I think it will definitely become harder for industry peers to go public. Um, JD Digis, for example, a financial services giant that competes with End Group, filed an application to list on Shanghai's Star Market in September. But uh, the review process has now been bogged down as a result of the N Group's fiasco and there's no indication of when it will get the green light from the Shanghai Bourse and the CSRC, China's top securities regulator. And uh, indeed, um, there's a lot of speculation about some quote-unquote huge uncertainties surrounding JDDJ's IPO. Uh, and the new uh, micro-lending draft rules are expected to deal a heavy blow to the sector as well. So, uh, one example is that online microlenders who do business across provincial lines are required to set aside a minimum of 5 billion yuan in registered capital. So, uh, China has hundreds of online microlenders with interprovincial operations. But only four of them currently meet the minimum.
1: And as Cai Xin reported, the big news is that Ant's debacle of an IPO uh, will lead to more scrutiny for companies hoping to list in China. What does that actually mean? How does it translate for other companies with IPO plans?
0: Uh, what we know from uh, sources is that the CSRC accused the Shanghai Exchange operator of completing its review of ANT's application too quickly and told the exchange to step up its scrutiny. And this already has some impacts. Uh, Applicants are now getting far more inquiries than before from the Shanghai and Shenzhen stock exchanges. And the bosses are conducting more on-site inspections. Uh, So the Stricter supervision has led some companies to abandon their IPO plans. The chairman of one fintech company, which had previously planned to list on the stock market, said uh, it decided to shift its IPO to Hong Kong in the wake of the tougher regulatory environment.
1: Okay, Z great to have you on the show. And thanks for filling us in on the latest in the Chinese fintech sector.
0: Thank you, Kaiser. See you.
1: Yeah, looking forward to having you back on. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin and Marcus Ryder of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. For more on China, be sure to check out the other shows in the Seneca Network on SubChina and for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to Sup China Access for the daily newsletter. Find us at SupChina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.